I'm Sharon Betters. Thank you so much for joining us on our pilgrimage fueled by hope. We are continuing in our look at Jehoshaphat's life and today's devotional is called Teaching Moments, A New Day. Today's treasure is from 2 Chronicles 19, verse 7. Now then, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be careful what you do, for there is no injustice with the Lord our God or partiality or taking bribes. Jehoshaphat owns his sinful choices and reacts to Jehu's rebuke with humility and repentance. Remember how he started out his reign by sending priests into all the towns to teach the law of God? After seeing the results of his unholy alliance with evil King Ahab, Jehoshaphat takes stock of the spiritual condition of not only himself, but also of his people. He takes practical steps to get the country back to the worship of God with genuine love and commitment, as we read in 2 Chronicles 19, verses 4-7. through Jehoshaphat lived at Jerusalem, and he went out again among the people, from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim, and brought them back to the Lord, the God of their fathers. He appointed judges in the land in all the fortified cities of Judah, city by city, and said to the judges, Consider what you do, for you judge not for man, but for the Lord. He is with you in giving judgment. Now then, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be careful what you do, for there is no injustice with the Lord our God, or partiality, or taking bribes. He doesn't stop with these towns, but expands the teaching to Jerusalem. Carefully read these passages to see that it is not a matter of demanding obedience without grace. The king wants the people to walk in obedience, but he wants their obedience to be driven by a personal relationship to God. Listen to 2 Chronicles 19 verses 8 through 11 and hear Jehoshaphat's heart. Moreover, in Jerusalem, Jehoshaphat appointed certain Levites and priests and heads of families of Israel to give judgment for the Lord and to decide disputed cases. They had their seat at Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat charged them, Thus you shall do in the fear of the Lord, in faithfulness, and with your whole heart. Whenever a case comes to you from your brothers who live in their cities concerning bloodshed, law or commandment, statutes or rules, then you shall warn them that they may not incur guilt before the Lord, and wrath may not come upon you and your brothers. Thus you shall do, and you will not incur guilt. And behold, Amariah the chief priest is over you in all matters of the Lord, and Zebediah the son of Ishmael, the governor of the house of Judah, in all the king's matters, and the Levites will serve you as officers, Deal courageously, and may the Lord be with the upright. Unbeknownst to Jehoshaphat, these actions built a strong foundation that would help prepare his country for the fight of their lives. God turned the disastrous alliance with the evil king Ahab into a teaching moment for Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. Jehoshaphat did not know what was around the corner, but God knew Note the restructuring of spiritual leadership Jehoshaphat puts into place throughout the land. The leadership is key to preparing the people for one of the most terrifying seasons of their lives. Jehoshaphat's army numbered over one million fighting men. Most of these men did not know their king personally and had never even seen him. Yet, when he called on them to respond to a horde of enemies in a way that sounded foolish, they did it. 
the people were ready to listen because the priests and leaders did as Jehoshaphat instructed. They taught and ruled in the fear of the Lord, in faithfulness, and with their whole hearts. The example of their faith and submission to God through submission to their king imprinted itself on the millions of people who looked to Jehoshaphat for protection and wisdom. In grace and through the repentance of Jehoshaphat, God was preparing them for war, but a war unlike any they had ever fought in the past. Through the appointment of godly leaders commissioned to serve God with all their hearts, God put into place the weapons of warfare they would need, faith and obedience, that is, obedience driven by faith. You may be in a place in your own pilgrimage that requires major changes in your personal outlook or behavior, your leadership or your relationships. You may even feel that God has boxed you into a corner where you have no choice but to go His way. You don't know what is coming tomorrow, friend, but God does. It's possible that those changes are in preparation for a battle you never saw coming. But after the victory, you will look back and see how God used your weaknesses to prepare you to fully depend on Him. May it be so. Friends, thanks so much for traveling on this pilgrimage fueled by hope with Jehoshaphat this week. Isn't it fun to invite characters from the Bible, real people from scriptures to walk with us and to learn from their lives and from their struggles and and from their great triumphs. And certainly, although it may at first look uh, like a failure, when Jehoshaphat was uh, broken to the point of crying out to the Lord, I don't know what to do. My eyes are fixed on you. That was probably his greatest moment of triumph. And those are moments of triumph that we can experience as well. And I pray that as you consider this past week, you'll be looking forward to more next week. And I hope that you remember to pass this on to a friend. Remember, we're asking all of you to help us get the word out about Daily Treasure. Share it on your social media page. Uh, Share it with a friend leave a comment, uh, leave a rating. All of these requests are ways for you to join us in sharing the good news of the gospel. And that's practicing biblical encouragement. So I hope that you'll help us do it. I want to invite you to listen to our most recent Help and Hope podcast. It's my conversation with Kathy March and Pam Ferris. And we talk about praying grandmothers. And I just was so excited to meet Kathy and Pam. I know that if we lived in the same area, I believe we would be good friends because they share the same passion I have for leaving a legacy of faith with our grandchildren. But I know that lots of grandmothers struggle with this. I know that they're just not sure how to connect with their grandchildren. Sometimes they might feel like their grandchildren live in another culture, another world. Well, guess what they do? And so we have to be creative in the ways that we pursue our grandchildren, especially when they don't respond to when we reach out. And so I talk about those things with Kathy and Pam because they wrote a book called My Grandmother is Praying for Me. And it is 365 days of prayers that are rooted in Proverbs and the character qualities uh, that Proverbs showcases as well as practical ways to connect with grandchildren. So I highly recommend their book. But I especially want you to listen to our conversation. And I have a feeling that it's going to be like salty peanuts. You're going to want to know more about how to pray for your grandchildren. And so you'll want to get a hold of their book, My Grandmother is Praying for Me. 
So go to helpandhopenow.org and click the Help and Hope link. And there you're going to find my conversation with Kathy March and Pam Ferris. My grandmother is praying for me. I'm Sharon Betters. Thanks so much for joining us. And I look forward to being with you tomorrow.